Morning, y'all. I'm Katie Kamen, and it's Thursday, September 7th. On this date in 1967, the sitcom The Flying Nun made its premiere on ABC. Actress Sally Field starred as a novice nun who discovers she can fly. And on this date in 1996, rapper Tupac Shakur was shot in Las Vegas, along with record company executive Suge Knight. Shakur died six days later. For your trivia this morning, it's a birthday for cable channel ESPN, which premiered on this date way back in 1979. But what does ESPN actually stand for? I bet there are some diehard sports fans that don't know for sure. I'll have that answer coming up. But first, let's check in with the Live 5 First Alert Weather Center and see what to expect for the rest of the week and the weekend. And good Thursday morning to you. I'm meteorologist Joey Sofi. Near record highs expected today. The record high goes back only four years, 2019, when we reached 95 degrees. We'll be close to that this afternoon. A little better rain chances in the days ahead, and we're keeping a close eye on Hurricane Lee still way out in the Atlantic Ocean. Plenty of time to watch it right now. Not a threat to us here along the southeast coastline. High today, about 95, partly cloudy sky. We'll see some late day clouds. Also a very small late day chance of rain, only about 20%. Rain chance doubles tomorrow up to 40% with a few scattered showers and storms at 91. And then upper 80s with a couple of hit or miss storms through the weekend. You're listening to Morning Y'all, your local headlines and first alert weather forecast. Powered by the Low Country's news leader, Live 5 News. Now, let's get to your morning headlines. New this morning, the South Carolina Highway Patrol is investigating a crash that left one person dead in Colleton County. Troopers say that crash happened around 8.15 last night. They say a bicyclist and a sedan were traveling south on Purifoy Road when the car hit the biker near Henry Street. It was about a mile outside of Walterboro. Troopers say that the biker died in that crash. That person has not been identified yet. The driver of the sedan was not hurt. That wreck is still under investigation. Today, a nonprofit and a local business are teaming up to help clean up one of the low country's marshes. And those two groups, the Surf Rider Foundation and Palmetto Moon, want you to get a little messy for a good cost. Sounds like a good time. Our Destiny Kennedy is in Charleston at the Island Cabana Bar, where today's marsh cleanup will take place. So, Destiny, tell us a little bit more about this volunteer opportunity and how people can get involved. Good morning, Shelby and Katie. Organizers at Surf Rider tell me that cleanups are usually scheduled after holiday weekends, but especially needed in the wake of Edalia. Marshes here in the Low Country provide value that no other ecosystem can. It provides food, protection, slows shoreline erosion, offers shelter and nesting sites, and absorbs excess nutrients that would lower oxygen level in the sea and harm wildlife. When trash pollutes the marsh, it can impact the essential needs for marine life that supports the fishing industry here in the low country. Chair of Surf Rider Foundation Zach Watkins says there is no greater feeling than watching the community come out and show support. You can anywhere have from cleanups from 15 people to cleanups like tomorrow. They're going to have 100 plus people out here. Um, it shows that people do care. It shows that people, you know, do want to protect the Charleston and, you know, the waterways. The marsh cleanup kicks off here at Island Gabana Bar at 6 p.m. Registration is recommended, but no one will be turned away. And as an incentive to volunteers, they will get Palmetto gear. Reporting live in Charleston, Destiny Kennedy, Live 5 News. 
Thank you, Miss Destiny. Well, if you can't make it out to the marsh cleanup today, but you still want to help out the environment, there's a river cleanup next Saturday, the 16th. The town of Bluffton will be hosting the 34th annual Beach and River Sweep concert with the state's Department of Natural Resources and the South Carolina Sea Grant Consortium. The event is the largest single-day volunteer-led litter cleanup of local beaches, marshes, and waterways. Volunteers will be out from 9 to 11.30 a.m. on foot, on boats, and in kayaks. Necessary equipment like gloves, sunscreen, and water will be provided, as well as complimentary treats like coffee and hot chocolate. The town of Edisto Beach says it's working on beach repair plans following Idalia last week. Certain parts of Edisto are seeing significant erosion to the dunes, creating a high drop-off to the beach. You can see it there on your screens. Now, one woman who lives on Edisto says she has to climb a ladder to use her beachfront access, and she calls it a hazard. Edisto Beach Mayor Crawford Moore says the town is working with DHEC to get emergency permitting for beach renourishment. He expects bids to come in the next week or two, allowing them to get a better timeline of the project. Now, he tells us it's too early to tell how much exactly the renourishment will cost. The Department of Health and Environmental Control says opioids continue to be the primary cause of overdose deaths in recent years. Now it's easier to access a tool that could save someone's life. Life 5 Skylar Hill tells us how. No more prescriptions, no more health insurance, no more stigma. These are just three to things changing as Narcan nasal spray hits the shelves at places like Walmart, CVS, and Walgreens. The nasal spray used to revive someone during an overdose like prescription opioids like oxycodone, hydrocodone, and even fentanyl. Now it can be assessed without a prescription. We moving any barriers to, you know, having this available, um, you know, for, for, for essentially anybody um, is, is a great thing for, for public health and, and the community. It just, you know, it will potentially save uh, numerous lives. Two doses of the spray would cost about $45, and it's often made available at community events, like the Narcan training sessions hosted by local groups, towns, and police departments. For those that want a little cheaper access to the nasal spray, you can reach out to community groups, such as Wake Up Carolina. The FDA just approved a new nasal naloxin called Revive. It'll be available early next year. Reporting in the newsroom, Skylar Hill, Live 5 News. State leaders are calling a new law monumental in how South Carolina approaches the unforgiving disease of Alzheimer's and how it helps those affected by it. Right now, tens of thousands of South Carolinians are living with Alzheimer's and other related dementia. Now, yesterday, Governor Henry McMaster signed a bill requiring the state's Department of Aging to develop a plan every five years for addressing Alzheimer's and report progress annually to the governor and legislature. This new law builds off South Carolina's most recent statewide Alzheimer's plan, which was released this past February. The last time it had been done before that was back in 2009. Things have changed a lot with Alzheimer's, and it's important that we as a state provide the resources, the guidelines, the direction that will help those that are facing this terrible terrible disease. Advocates say this plan will put an even greater focus on research and data collection to show where needs are as well as successes. The town of Somerville says they've started a drone program that will allow employees to get certified to fly drones for government work. The town has two drones, one for the police department and one for town hall. The latter will be used mainly for mapping properties, allowing for real-time imagery as opposed to relying on often outdated satellite photos. 
A spokesperson for the town says they hope they get a lot more done with this new tool, saving both time and money. The town also plans to hire at least one licensed drone operator by the end of the year. Some people inside of the Gadsden Green neighborhood say their living conditions are unsafe and unacceptable, citing rats, black mold, and leaking ceilings as some daily challenges. Gadsden Green is a property of the Charleston Housing Authority, and it's in downtown Charleston. One resident and mother says that their living conditions are so bad that she won't leave her children unsupervised in their own home. This is our first time ever living in public housing, and no one would have ever told me it would have been like this. Now, we spoke with the president and CEO of the Charleston Housing Authority, and he says that they're aware some of the units need to be worked on. He also says they're in the process of implementing the rental assistance demonstration program that will allow them to go in and do some major work in the next two to four years. He broke his tibia and fibula in his leg, dislocated his hip and fractured his pelvis. Trace Klutz tells us he was a victim of a hit and run that left him with life-changing injuries. Yeah, and this is actually not the first time that he's been hurt at this particular location. He says the intersection where this happened is unsafe, especially for motorcycle riders. He says it needs to be fixed. Live 5 tracker, traffic anchor Alicia Wimberly is joining us live now. And Alicia, what is the intersection and what needs to be added, does he say? Yeah, ladies, this is the intersection of Mount Pleasant Street and Laurel Avenue. Now, Klutz himself lives in the Goose Creek area, but he works for the port, so he drives through that intersection daily on his way to work. It's his second accident there, the first being in his truck, and the second time was on his motorcycle. In his first accident, the driver was coming off I-26 to Mount Pleasant Street, and Klutz was sideswiped. In his second, Klutz was sent over the handlebars of his motorcycle. He says he cannot see outside those poles near the bridge unless you're on Mount Pleasant Street or Laurel Avenue and people just don't pay attention. There's got to be a red light there. There's got to be something in place besides a stop sign. You know, it's just the whole thing is you can't see. And when you drive, vision is your number one safety protocol. You have to be able to see where you're going. Trace's message for drivers is simple. Look out for motorcycles. Watch out for us. The, us bikers, we're, we're just out enjoying the day like you are. We're just on our way to work. You know, we're, we're, the only difference between you and us is we don't have a roll cage around us. We have God's hands wrapped around us that to keep us safe. Um, and then secondly, just, just slow down. Just take your time. Trace is physically healing every day, but his hit and run case still remains unsolved. Now, of course, we have reached out to the South Carolina Department of Transportation on this intersection and its safety measures. But if you know anything about Trace's incident, please contact the Charleston Police Department. With help from the community, all of the animals at Dorchester Paws found emergency foster homes during Hurricane Adalia last week. Before the storm, the shelter reported it was above capacity with animals and asked the community to adopt or foster to make room for any animals that needed a little bit of protection during the storm. And our Madeline Jeskoyak joins us live in Dorchester County this morning to share a follow-up on more of that good news. Good morning, Madeline. Good morning, Shelby and Katie. I do have some good news to share. Dorchester Paws tells me that out of the 180 dogs and cats that were storm fostered, now 21 of those pets have been adopted. 
Last Wednesday morning, Dorchester Paws evacuated their campus to prepare for Hurricane Idalia, and they urgently needed help from the community to place their animals in homes where they would be safe from the storm. Genuinely, if it wasn't for the outpour of support from our community, uh, I don't know what we would have done for the storm evacuation. Uh, we posted on uh, Tuesday evening that we were going to need to evacuate. And by Wednesday morning at 10 a.m., there were cars lined down our driveway. Um, it took us about three hours to get all 180 animals out into storm fosters. Uh, so we were super thankful for those community members that opened their homes and their hearts to take in an animal. Uh, give them a little bit of a break from the shelter for a few days, um, but definitely keep them safe during the storm and uh, away from the flooding. Dorchester Paws is the only open admissions shelter in all of Dorchester County. Fullwood says that every lost, stray, abandoned, surrendered animal in all of Dorchester County comes to them. She says that in times of need, they rely on community support as far as fostering, adopting, and keeping their shelves full with dog food, cat food, and other supplies. So we didn't sustain any flooding damage. Um, however, we did have to go back through and sanitize um, all of the kennel spaces uh, because they did flood during the storm. So we were able to get that all deep cleaned before we accepted uh, animals back here on site. We wanted to make sure that it was safe for their return. The shelter is hoping there will be more adoptions of those animals that are still in the foster homes. Reporting live in Dorchester County, Madeline Jaskowiak, Live 5 News. A convicted killer will spend the rest of his sentence behind bars after the South Carolina Supreme Court overruled an order from the circuit court that granted him an early release. Gerard Price was convicted of murder and sentenced to 35 years in prison before being released in March after serving just 19 years of his time. Justice John Cannon Few says the court did not have the authority to reduce Price's sentence because they didn't comply with any requirements from relevant state laws. Governor Henry McMaster reacted to the decision, emphasizing getting rid of loopholes in laws and the need for reform. Meanwhile, State Attorney General Alan Wilson also reacted to the decision, saying in part, we agree with the court's majority decision and appreciate it holding the state actors and lower court accountable for not following the law. Now that we have the full opinion, we will continue our review of the early releases from previous years. The Capitol's attending physician says Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell has no evidence of any movement disorder. Now, this all comes after McConnell appeared to freeze while speaking for a second time in some recent months. Some believe McConnell suffered a stroke or another serious medical emergency. McConnell addressed his health concerns in a meeting yesterday, maintaining he's in good health. Among McConnell's supporters in that meeting was South Carolina Senator Lindsey Graham. I saw him on the floor yesterday. Yes, I'm concerned about Mitch. He's my friend. He's my colleague. Uh, he's my leader, and I will continue to support him. Apparently, the medical report by the House physician uh, was positive. So I am behind Senator McConnell, continue to do his job, and we'll see where, you know, hopefully medically this, this gets fixed. And McConnell also told his colleagues he has no plans to step down and that he'll finish his term in the Senate. At the top of the show, I told you that ESPN made its debut on this date way back in 1979. The initials stand for Entertainment and Sports Programming Network. Did you score on this morning's trivia question? I sure hope you did. Also, having a birthday on this Thursday, singer Gloria Gaynor, who you probably know from her hit song, I Will Survive, 
has survived long enough to see 80 candles. Actor Corbin Burnson is 69. Pianist Michael Feinstein is 67, and comedian Leslie Jones is 56. Thank you again for joining us for Morning, y'all. Hope you have a great Thursday. I'm Katie Kamen. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Morning, y'all is produced every weekday morning. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and download the Live Five News app for your mobile device. Get the latest news and weather updates twenty four seven from Live Five News, the Low Country's news leader.